Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. And just like that, the NFL season is upon us. And the consistently cash in here at DrRoto.com is back. As always, I am Colby Conway. Find me on Twitter at Colby R. Conway. Back yet again in the saddle, in the second seat, with me as always, Mr. Ron Rigney at the Real Made. Is it the 56? Real Made 56? Not on Twitter. No 56 on Twitter. Not on Twitter. Okay, so it's just at the Real Made on Twitter. If you want to throw the 56 in and give that person a follow, you can. Maybe Ron's got that account booked as well. Who knows? But Ron, the NFL season is here. I have talked to you since the last season, but for the sake of consistently cashing, haven't talked in quite some time. So how are you doing? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's uh, good to be on. It's happy kickoff day. So that's good. We got a, I think we got a pretty entertaining matchup for us tonight. But more importantly, um, sitting in the, the sidecar here with you, I guess, is uh, we want to win you some cash. We want to build that bankroll so you can use some of those other resources over at uh, drroto.com to get in those GPPs and get in those big tournaments. We want to we want to build that bankroll so you can get those entry tickets and get those millionaire entries. So uh, we're going to give you those consistent plays to build that bankroll for sure. Absolutely. And if you haven't heard the Consistently Cash in podcast before, essentially what we're doing, we're not here to help you take down the Millie Maker. You put $20 in, we're not here to turn that 20 into a million. We're really focusing on those consistent options, those consistent players that'll help you win double ups or 50-50s, maybe small you know, men or women contests. If you're in like those little three persons or five persons, anything like that, we focus on cash game lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings that basically if you had to equate it to like season long fantasy, it's like, I just need a pretty solid week to beat this person week in and week out. You know, Bob Lung always talks about consistency. He's the pioneer of the consistency concept. So we thought we'd take his consistency concept and bring it to the DFS landscape. I don't want to say modernize it because it's not like it's an archaic uh, practice, but in terms of DFS, we basically look at those consistent guys. And when we use his uh, clutch games and clutch rate to basically help formulate our lineup. So like in week one here, you know, we're not going to be looking at like the Tyrod Taylors for our lineup. We're going to be looking more guys who are consistent and sure. We're not afraid to pay up for some guys, but there's really going to use that clutch rate to really help us with some of the mid price and lower price options. But here for week one, what we're going to do, talk about some games that we like games. We don't like different players that you can put in your lineup at different price points. So obviously with FanDuel and DraftKings, I mean, sure. If you want to play Alvin Kamara, Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, the Denver defense, and you know, Kyle Pitts or Travis Kelsey. Well, I would say you can do that, but I actually, Financially, I don't think you can. So you're going to need some of those, <clears throat> excuse me, those lower option guys in there. So Ron, I'll let you start it off here. I know it's a decent size slate, pretty big slate here for week one, but for the one o'clock and four o'clock games, if you're on the East Coast like me and I know you are, what are what's a game or two that you're really looking at for some fantasy goodness? Well, it's just like we were talking about off air. You know, there's a ton of games to like. There's a ton of matchups to like this week, and it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one. But I had to pick one that I feel like I have a lot of exposure to. It's going to be that Cardinals at, at Titans game. And you've got a couple of defenses here that at least right now, I don't think are going to be stopping a whole lot of, of offense, especially on the Cardinals side. You've got a Cardinal secondary without Mountain Butler, and they're trying to fill that gap with a fourth round 
rookie draft pick, and they're trying to fill that gap with a guy that hasn't taken a snap in the NFL since 20 or played a snap in the NFL since 2018. So I don't feel like they're going to be stopping too much of the Titans pass offense. You've got a couple of quarterbacks here. You know, Kyler Murray is dynamic. I think he's going to take another step this year. I really like that Cardinals offense heading into the season. And Ryan Tannehill on the other side, you know, I wrote about him in our in our article this week. He's one of my favorite quarterback plays this week because he's a mid-priced option. He's got, you know, Julio Jones added to the weapons. I know that they've been on the injury report a little bit, him and A.J. Brown. I look for them to be good to go. They've got, of course, you know, Derrick Henry, the horse in the backfield. Ryan Tannehill is a pretty consistent quarterback, and he's he's a pretty efficient quarterback as well. He's not going to penalize you a lot with interceptions. I believe the last two seasons, he's got a grand total of 55 touchdowns as opposed to just 13 picks. So he's not going to turn it over a whole, a whole lot for you as well. I just think there's a lot of mid-priced options here. Of course, you could pay up for Kyler, but there's, there's guys like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, there's guys like Chase Edmonds that I like on the other side of the ball as well. I, I don't know if he's going to be a huge volume get in the offense but i think there's going to be there there's going to be enough there for him that he's going to get enough opportunities and he's going to pay off as one of those mid-priced options as well of course if you want to go with d hop if you want to go like i said with kyler if you want to go with aj brown i feel like those are all really solid plays but i feel like this is going to be i don't know if this is going to be one of the the higher scoring games of the week i think it has potential to but i think you're just going to get a nice return on that mid-price investment if you go with some of these guys i agree and when you're looking at that game uh, especially that Tennessee game in particular, you're talking about both teams have an implied total north of 25 points. And it's one of a handful of games that the over under is set at 50 or greater. So that's definitely one to watch. One that I'm looking at is Atlanta and Philly. Matt Ryan, obviously he can put points up on the board and he's got plenty of weapons, all of which are very reasonably priced. And I'll preface that by saying, depending on the slate, um, there's a tight end in particular that I'll talk about a little bit later who has really caught my eye on one slate, but I won't be touching him on another on another site. And then Eagle side of the ball, don't get me wrong. I have my concerns about Jalen Hurts, uh, especially as a passer at the NFL level. But I think in this matchup with how bad Atlanta's defense, well, has been, is, and will be, that there's going to be a lot to like on the offensive side of the ball for Philadelphia as well. That's a game that I'm definitely looking at. One that I'm not looking at is Washington and Los Angeles. I like both of these defenses. Washington is one of the best defenses in all of football. And if you don't believe that, you'll see it on display here in 2021. And I think quite early in the season as well. And the Chargers now have Brandon Staley formerly with the Rams, who kind of, I don't want to say revolutionized, that gives them a lot of credit, but really took the talent that he had there and you know, produce this excellent defensive scheme that really contributed to a lot of the success that the LA Rams had last season. There's just not, I just don't like a lot in this game. Washington defense is very good. I like Austin Eckler, but he's a little bit banged up, but he should play on. And I still think there's a lot of talent on the charter side of the ball and the Washington offense in good matchups is going to excite me this year. It's just in this one, there's too many other games that I like other options for me to really look into this game. I'm not saying that you can't play anybody from this game. I just don't feel very good about it, especially in my cash game. So Ron, a game that you're avoiding here in week one. You know, we talked about the with the slate and talked about a little bit off air, you know, how there's really not one game. And I, and I think when we've done this in the past, I don't think there's too many weeks where I haven't been able to come up with one where I'm like, well, I'm going to stay away from that one. 
And, and there's really not a lot of those this week, but I will say the one that I probably I'll, I'll preface it by saying this is the one I have the least exposure to, and that's going to be Packers Saints. And it's not because I don't think there can't be some fantasy points here. It's just I feel like the 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 main options from this game are going to be a little bit more than I want to pay. My, of course, my boy Robert Tanyan at tight end. I just don't really love the matchup with him against the Saints defense. Of course, you get you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Alvin Kamara. You know, yearly leagues; those are your studs. You're going to start them no matter what. I just feel like what you're going to pay up for Aaron Rodgers, what you're going to pay up for Alvin Kamara, you're really going to have to kind of struggle to find some lower priced options here. I think I do have one lineup where I was able to fit in. I went ultra stars and scrubs in in, in one of the Millie Millie makers, and I think I went Kamara and Cook. And it's pretty pretty bare the rest of the way. You had it pretty cheap, but I was able to do it. I just don't feel comfortable as far as from a consistency standpoint, though. When I compare price point with what I'm going to get, I just feel like there's a lot better options and a lot better games. You know, we went over a couple of them. And I think we, you and I could probably spend a whole podcast talking about games that we like this week because there's a lot of them. This just isn't one I have a lot of exposure to, though. I agree. It, and for a lot of the same reasons that you say, it's not because I don't like Alvin Kamara in the matchup because Green Bay has a softer run defense. And it's not like I, I don't really like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers because you can throw on New Orleans. It's just other other games, other enticing options, maybe at a slightly better price point, have me looking there. Shifting away from some of the games here, let's talk about individual players. So when building out your lineups, especially for cash games, you can go stars and scrubs. You can go all in the middle. Uh, but depending on what tier you're looking at, we can kind of identify some guys that you should be looking at. So when it comes to some of the top tier, the creme de la creme of plays for week one, Ron, who's that guy? Maybe his price tag is a little high. Maybe he costs a pretty penny, but it does not matter. There could be 10000 extra dollars to his name. You're still paying for him this week because you're that confident, despite being priced as a top tier option, that you're going to get top tier numbers. I don't have a ton of lineups that have top tier options, but if I am going to go with one, I'm going to pay up for Lamar Jackson this week. I mean, I, he's kind of he's a no brainer. I mean, he's against Vegas. You know, he you know, with the with the injury to J.K. Dobbins, I think he be, he becomes you know arguably the one A in the backfield there. You know, with uh, Gus Edwards, I think Gus Edwards is a fine play as well. But I just feel like it's against the Raiders. You know, Lamar Jackson's got a decent complement of receivers. He's got Mark Andrews out there. I just feel like. You pay up for him. I feel like he's going to be probably the guy when you're you're paying that high price point for him. He's one of the few guys that can come through this week. Although it does make it a little difficult to put some 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 guys around him, but I think it can be done. Uh, like I said, I'm going to have one lineup with him in it. But I just I, 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 I not obviously loving the the Raiders defense. I you know one of these years I think they'll get it right. I just don't think it's this year. I don't think they're going to be able to stop him. I don't. I think he's going to just do too much, and I think he's going to be. He's going to be that one guy that if you're going to pay up for, I think he's going to be able to get you some numbers for that price point. Absolutely. For me, I'm going to the wide receiver position. It's Justin Jefferson. Cincinnati defense isn't going to have Trey Waynes. Eli Apple's going to be starting out wide, and regardless of where Jefferson lines up in the slot, out wide, hell, in the backfield, doesn't matter. He's going to be fine. He's the team's number one wide receiver. And all offseason, if you play seasonal and you were looking at Justin Jefferson, it's because he was in one of the most concentrated target trees in all of football. That's going to apply here. And one of my favorite things I'm looking for is if I can get volume and upside in a good matchup for a particular player, they're going to be in my lineup nine times out of 10. Jefferson has that this week. And Yes, Minnesota has a decent crew of corners, but I still think Cincinnati can put some points up on the board. This is one of those games that could be a little bit higher score. I don't want to say it's like a, a sneaky high scoring game, 
But there could be more points than you think that go up in this game, and that would really benefit Justin Jefferson. When we go to the mid-tier price point, I'm looking at running backs here. I don't have many lines with a lot of the big boys at running back, but for me, I'm going to look at James Robinson. Houston's run defense was well, very well documented last year in terms of being horrific. And sure, Lubby Smith's in town. They're going with his patented Tampa 2 defense. And in the preseason, they looked half decent stopping the run. James Robinson is locked into a consistent workload. I don't really care about Carlos Hyde being back there. It is a revenge game for Duke Johnson, but not really too much to look into there. But Robinson should have sky-high usage yet again, at least in this matchup. The game script favors him. Only thing that worries about me in this game is Houston. They didn't have to say it. We all know that they're going to, their offensive game plan is going to be run, run. And if it's more than third and 11, they'll pass. Anything under that, they're probably going to try to run it still. Is that Houston's going to look to slow the game down, be probably one of the slower offenses in the league and also one of the worst, unfortunately. That's the only thing that kind of scares me in this contest a little bit. Because if Houston actually sustains drives, they're going to take a lot of time off the clock, just given how their offensive game plan is going to shake out this year. But I think Robinson can do enough, especially in PPR. You should get a couple passes to help kind of salvage some of that. So for me, I just I don't see on either site how you can make a lineup without James Robinson. In it. Great matchup, good volume. What about you in that mid-tier of players for the week one slate? Well, I'm with you there on Robinson, and I feel like, too, this is going to be the one week with him getting that full workload with the Travis Etienne injury. I don't think he's going to be cheaper than what he's going to be this week either. I think that price is only going to go up from there. And I thought you were going to say with the Texans offense, I thought you were going to say they're going to run, 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 and then on third and long, they were going to maybe run a draw play or something instead of passing it. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. And I think you might be the only guy ever that's used the terms revenge game and Duke Johnson in the same sentence also. So hats off to you for that one. Uh, my, my, my mid-price guy, I'm going to go full-on homer here, but also I do love the matchup a lot. It's going to be Michael Pittman with Indianapolis. You know, T.Y. Hilton is out, and I think even if T.Y. Hilton is in there, I think Mike Pittman takes that step up. We saw it a little bit as the season went on last year. Just a big physical target. Not going to be necessarily a burner down the field, but I think he's a little bit sneakier fast than what you give him credit for. But he's one of these guys that's going to be a chain mover. He's going to make those tough catches. He's a hellacious athlete. He's going to be a yard after the catch guy. And I like this matchup, too, because heading into this season last year, Seattle was 10th friendliest against the fantasy wide receiver. You know, they allowed 13 touchdowns to wide receivers last year. The only guy that I fear in that secondary is Jamal Adams. And, and Jamal Adams is a little bit scarier to me in the run game and coming up and, and, and blitzing than he is as a coverage guy. And he's not going to be most likely covering Michael Pittman. So I think there's going to be plenty for him underneath there. The rest of that secondary is kind of suspect. I don't necessarily think this – I mean, it has the potential to be a high-scoring game. I don't think it will be. I think it will be kind of one of those mid-middle-range options. But I think there's going to be enough here for Pittman, especially getting you those PPR points. I think he's going to be a nice little play there, and I think you're going to see him kind of step up and emerge as that number one Colts wide receiver. Pittman has all the traits of a X receiver in the National Football League, and I think he's going to put that on display here as well. And when we go to the lower tier players, I'm going to cheat a little bit because this guy's in the Hall of Fame already, but I'm surprised <laughs> that he's this cheap on DraftKings, and that's Atlanta Hall of Fame tight end slash wide receiver Kyle Pitts. Way too cheap on DraftKings. And that's where you even get a full point per reception. Sure, maybe if he was more expensive on DraftKings than FanDuel, I get it, but he's really expensive on FanDuel for, yes, I know he's in the Hall of Fame, but he is making his NFL regular season debut, but great matchup against Philly. He's essentially the team's 
I'm going to say he's their number two wide receiver already. Calvin Ridley's their number one. He's basically their number two. Looking back last year, the Eagles allowed the eighth most fantasy points per game on DraftKings to opposing tight ends. They're going to throw it a good bit. Kyle Pitts, especially at his price point on DraftKings, I mean, honestly, where he's priced on DraftKings, all he has to do is get like 13 points, and he's returned two and a half to three times investment. So I'm every every lineup I make, regardless of cash, GPP, it's a two-man, it's a one-million-man contest, Kyle Pitts will be my tight end or it, and my flex. You never know what will happen there, but Kyle Pitts is going to be in every one of my lineups on DraftKings. Looking at the lower-tier players, Ron, where – where do you find yourself looking at for some lower priced options? Well, I'm going to say that tight end spot as well. And, and, you know, I want to remind everybody too, you know, with us paying up for these consistent players, we're going to have to take some swings and, and, and go after some of these lower, lower end and more obscure kind of names, those less consistent names, if you will, just to make everything fit salary wise. And I'm going to go to, like I said, to the back to the tight end spot. I'm actually going to give you two here that are really, really low priced and, and one that you may not even have on your radar at all. So we, we talked a lot about the Falcons Eagles or the Falcons Eagles matchup. And when you look up fantasy points allowed to any position really from last year, you're going to see that that Falcons team in the top uh, across the board. It's it's hands down, you're going to see them everywhere. And so I, I'm going to go ahead and go with Zach Ertz here. It just kind of depends upon how much you want to end up spending. And, you, and you're going to save yourself a little bit of cash there as far as with, with Ertz. You know, a guy that in, in seasonal leagues, a lot of places wasn't even drafted uh, by a lot of lot in a lot of leagues. And, and a guy that's still kind of sitting out there, but super, super cheap. I think there's a little bit of upside here. And I don't think he's going to, you know, come out with, you know, those old Zach Ertz games. You know, Bob and I talked on the consistency report last night about how, you know, Ertz comes out and he's one of those guys where, you know, he uh, – would be right there at the top with Kelsey and he'd be right there at the top with those guys as far as in a top three tight end. And we've kind of forgotten about Zach Ertz, especially with the emergence of, uh, of Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. But, you know, like we said, we like this game a lot and I think there's a lot to be had here. Another sneaky one that's even cheaper than Zach Ertz. And I won't spend a ton of time talking about, and this is either a, a feast or famine type play is one of the sneakier additions to a team later on in camp, I think was a trade for, Chris Herndon to the Vikings. And Chris Herndon is a guy that a couple of seasons ago was kind of a popular touchdown dependent guy if you needed a cheap option at tight end. I think he's got a nice matchup this week when going against Cincinnati. I think that offense has potential to score quite a bit of points. Bengals were fifth worst in the league last year against a tight end from a fantasy perspective. I don't think he's yet again going to be posting Travis Kelsey type numbers, but I think he's a good bet to maybe find it in the end zone maybe once or twice, get you a couple of receptions, yardage. But you're paying virtually nothing for him. And if you want to fit in guys like the Lamar Jacksons and the Alvin Kamaras of the world, Aaron Rodgers of the world, if that's what you want to do, Patrick Mahomes, I think you could pay down for this. And I think you could get some decent value out of Chris Hernan. But also as well, I'll put that disclaimer out there. It also would not shock me if, if he did not score you any points. But I'm going to throw him in a couple lineups, see what happens. tight end positions one where you can take take some chances you know sometimes those guys pan out like I remember I want to say it was two years ago I put Kyle Rudolph in my lineup and that was the week where he had one catch for one yard and one touchdown <laughs> and I got whopping whatever that comes out to 7.1 points maybe so it was it was interesting but the tight end position absolutely if you're not paying up for one of the big guys you might as well save money like I expect to see a good bit of I believe his name is Caden Smith for the uh, for the Giants with Evan Ingram probably 
not playing. I'd expect to see a couple lineups with him in there. I mean, you won't see it any of mine. I'm Kyle Pitts or Bust this week, which has, I mean, Kyle Pitts or Bust. And by Bust, I mean Hall of Fame Bust, because that's the only thing that can really happen with him at this point. But we want to keep this to right around 20 minutes or so. So, Ron, I'll go ahead and kick it back to you here before we wrap it up. But who is the one guy? Mine's already known already. But who is the one guy that you will not leave the FanDuel or DraftKings roster lineup construction screen without seeing their picture and or name in your lineup for week one? I think uh, there's a few guys I like at this position, but I think this guy's in more of my lineups than than not, and that's Jalen Hurts. And you kind of touched on him before. I, I don't know necessarily if he's going to pan out as an all-pro passer, but I think that this against the Falcons, there's not a better way to start out. Not, doesn't have a great complement of weapons, but I think he's going to do enough with his legs. I think he's going to do enough through the air with the tight ends out of the backfield. He's got some options there. And, you know, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, you talked about Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith is a fine play this week as well. But just with that price point being that middle price guy, I feel like you can spread that salary around to other places and and really build a really consistent, solid lineup around Jalen Hurts. I agree with that. I agree with that fully. And for me, on DraftKings, it's Kyle Pitts for all the reasons I said earlier. And on FanDuel, because I'm not going to play Kyle Pitts on FanDuel, just the price is a little bit too high for me. I think it's going to be Raheem Mostert. Everyone's kind of a little concerned with how Trey Sermon's going to figure into this rushing attack. And for season long, I get it. And Mostert, in season long, I get there's some issues. He can get banged up and he's dealt with some injury issues. But We've seen it. He is a big play waiting to happen. And Detroit allowed the most fantasy points per game last year to running backs on DraftKings. Where was that PPR setting? San Fran has a lethal run blocking unit. They're healthy again with Garoppolo under center. They're going to run the ball a good bit. Moser is a big play waiting to happen. I think he's going to go off. And am I going to play Moser and Sermon in lineups? Probably not. I'm going to lean Moser and let Sermon kind of take his NFL lumps in the beginning, and then eventually he'll start working his way into it. But for week one, I am all aboard Raheem Mostert on both sites, but especially on FanDuel. I love the price point for him over there. And you hinted at this a little bit throughout the podcast here, but we are going to have the Consistently Cash and article. That'll be at drroto.com, so make sure you check that out where you'll be able to see some of the other plays that we like for the week. And Ron and I both make a FanDuel and DraftKings lineup in there that you could take a look at. So, you know, we're going to, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We're playing those lineups, the guys that we talk about, we're playing. And there's also some other guys in there that we call honorable mentions. Maybe they didn't quite get, or are not quite good enough to get featured in the write-up, but they're worth noting nonetheless as a good play for week one. So make sure you check that out, drroad.com, as well as all of the other great content. If you're a DFS player, there's a bevy of content over there, all ranging across many different DFS sites, FanDuel, DraftKings. Uh, we have a lot of stuff with Monkey Knife Fight going on. So if you like, you know, player lines and props and stuff, that's a good thing to check out as well. But of course, at the very least, check out Consistently Cash an Article. All of our plays are there. Any issues at Twitter for Ron is at the Real Made. You can find me on Twitter at Colby R. Conway. Best of luck in the week one slate. And we look forward to talking to you about 17 more times after this throughout the course of the regular season. So best of luck. And as always, stay consistent. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.